Now look here, I'm Alan. I'm Catherine. And we've got something to tell you. Good evening. Tonight, we're going to talk about... Ah, I was calling it timekeeping, but I'm not sure that's the right phrase. I think more like... Um, Time management. Um, that sounds so corporate. What do you think? Oh uh, well. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it is. And it, I mean, time management is a totally different thing because we're not talking about how to make the most out of your eight hours in a day. But I think. But it might get to that. If I understand what you're getting at, is how exactly to to get things done. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I've realized that although I think I'm the one with less time than other people, I've realized actually people struggle with time. They, um, they never have enough time, you know, and I used to think that was just a me problem, but I think it's a general problem, so I think it's worth talking about. Mm. Um, specifically, getting things done, getting projects done, uh, finishing those things that you want to finish, ideas you've got that where you actually go and buy the stuff to get them started and you don't even do that. Boy, we've done that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we've got so many things on the go. I mean, if we can figure this, we, this out, we would get an awful lot done. Well, this is the thing. I mean, this is the, I suppose, the golden question, or at least if you've got the answer, it's the golden answer. Hmm. is how do you make more time um, and how do you uh, deal with your time what do you do with your time and I know where we're concerned because of our kids and our work and stuff it's specifically a lot of it is just killing fires and dealing with immediate things and it makes the long term things harder to focus on and they always get put on the back burner and that sort of thing. And I've been reading a bit of stuff about this. I found an interesting um, blog post. Oh, I wish I could remember the address, but if I can, I'll put it on the, the website. And it was about, uh, it was the two-minute rule. And it came down to if anything was going to take you two minutes or less to do, you do it immediately. Right. So if you're looking at your emails, for example, you're scanning them, you're going through them. If an, a reply or setting a date or whatever the email compels you to do is going to take you less than two minutes to do, rather than leave it as unread and move on to the next thing, just do it immediately. Yeah, because leaving it unread is my... That's always been my little hack. Exactly. You know. That's your... That's to know that you've got to go back to it. Yeah, you have your, your email folder set so that it shows all the unread messages together, which is easy enough, which is the default, I think, in Gmail, and it's easy enough to set up an email client, and then they're all right there. Exactly. Well, as a freelancer, all the work I haven't done yet, mm -hmm. um, the information that's been mailed to me, I leave as unread so that I can just find it at the top and mm -hmm. go back immediately. But every now and then, oh, well, of course, I mean, yeah, sometimes this happens where there's enough coming in and there's enough that you're having to put off for, for now 
But that list starts to get long enough. Exactly. You end up with 50 mails. And it's not necessarily just work. It'll be uh, your aunt has mailed you asking about Christmas or there's this interesting article you've sent me Mm. that I don't want to lose, so I leave it as unread. And it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's the same thing with, uh, well, actually, I think that in itself is already a little bit of a procrastination tactic. Mm. Because you're not dealing with it immediately. And to be fair, there's a bit of brain going into it. You're kind of, you're not putting it off because you don't want to do it right now. You're putting it off because you've already calculated this particular email and the work contained in it is two hours worth or four hours worth Mm. or whatever. Um, At the same time, there's an awful lot that isn't. And that doesn't just apply to actual worky work. Mm -hmm. It's all sorts of things in your everyday life. And we have this habit of putting things off. Well, I know that's when... Dumb things. I know that when you're feeling a bit snowed under and you're tired and your deadlines are approaching, it gets very, very easy to decide that things are not important, things do not need to be done now. And, of course, you always end up making the decision for every single task. This is the thing. And then you go play solitaire. Or check exactly. your Facebook. <laughs> and the worst is that background guilt mm. that's happening. You know you've got all this other stuff piling up behind you. Mm. You just don't want to look at it. And um, I wonder if that isn't a mindset. And this is actually the perfect time of year to be discussing this. Because I've been reading up on, um, I think the term is Novemberitis. Yeah. Which is just the overall fatigue from the amount of effort having gone into the year. And in a way, retailers and advertisers are a little bit at fault here because they start pushing that whole Christmas vibe from, like, October nowadays. Mm. So what you get is you, you're you still on deadlines. You've still got to get work done. You're still supposed to be running a normal working day with normal working budgets knowing you've got to try and scrape together money for all the Christmas prezies and the holidays and all that stuff and you go into a shop and they're playing Boney M and there are Christmas trees everywhere you know and as you're leaving it's you know the Beatles Christmas song or whatever and you've got to get into your hot car and drive back to the office and go and sit in front of your report or whatever and it's depressing if you ask me, I think that's the Novemberitis um, kind of core. I think that's the problem behind it, is it gets less and less easy to do stuff, basic work stuff that you've done all year, and it's a combination of just being tired, and you know that that last day of work is a week and a half away or something. Hmm. And it just feels as though the rest of the world is already on holiday. I was going to ask, though, why Novemberitis? Why not Decemberitis? Because that's when it kicks in for me. It says last two or three weeks. I mean, uh, we were talking earlier. You were saying so many people are heading out for the December holidays already. And that always seems strange to me. Maybe it's because we're living in... In, uh, we're living in Pretoria where all the well, government employees city. live and no, maybe, I that's think a, maybe, that, maybe that, that's a government thing because I mean for years I didn't take December leave at all as, as a single guy fair enough no I think it depends very much in kind of the industry you're in um, mm-hmm. 
definitely, I think civil servants take leave early. Mm-hmm. But also, um, the higher, more executive level of private um, workers mm. take leave early. And it's a whole combination of things. Um, you, you'll find your CEO, whatever, isn't working until the 18th of December. He's leaving in the first week of December. Mm. In fact, his wife is probably already at the beach. And he's not the only one. There's other people who, um, I mean, it depends on obviously what industry you're in or whatever. But a lot of people are quite savvy. You know, we don't really have this luxury because we don't fly down on our holidays and things. We have family that that are close enough. We drive and so on. Mm. But flight tickets from the beginning of December just get more and more sort of exponentially expensive as you go. And I suppose accommodation as well. And Exactly. Mm. So people, there are people who take their kind of uh, break, as in their actual holiday away, early in December mm. to kind of mitigate that, that cost. But, uh, I mean, we're getting off track here. Uh, I think the main thing is... Novemberitis is a real thing. Yeah. Oh, now, whether you want to call it Decemberitis is irrelevant. It, I think it I might do. just be the I fact do. that you work into December. <laughs> Whereas, as a freelancer, the moment the kids are home from school, which is always early December, right, right. there ain't no way I'm going to do much work from that point on. Mm. So, all of my work, I've got to try and squash in. And it might just be the stress. As a freelancer, I've got to try and make up... Um, all of the salary for December and January in November, and I've managed to do a fair amount of work this year, this year in November. Mm-hmm. Oh, not nearly enough, but it never is. Yeah. Um, and that stress also, mm. I think, has added to this. It's almost this rebellion that kicks in where you just don't have it in you anymore. Mm. You just can't anymore. You hit the wall. And it's from a year of the same thing. I get that every month. Of course. <laughs> Close to pay yeah. No, but I'm talking about I'm talking about it's augmented. It's augmented because you've got all these lovely things ahead and it's just not it's it's not that far away anymore. You can see it sort of at the finish line. And maybe I have the wrong attitude. You know, you have these people that are kind of perpetually positive and what they see is that is a motivation for them to work harder and faster and get more stuff done. I'm very ambitious where that's concerned. I'll schedule more, mm-hmm. but the real me, the me on the inside, is bone tired and doesn't care anymore. So what do you do? Well, you push through. I mean, if you've agreed to do work, you can't just not do it. Yeah. Um, it's just like pulling hen's teeth really it just hmm. it takes longer it's harder it is that motivation you've got to basically draw out of the soles of your feet and yeah. I think that's why I wanted to make the subject um, of this podcast about like time management and all the rest of it uh-huh. but I think the core of it is actually motivation the yeah. motivation well you know I find I'm most motivated when uh, when the pressure is on, you know, when, when the deadlines are approaching, when too many promises have been made, and exactly. all of a sudden, the crunch is on. But maybe that's where procrastination 
isn't a bad thing necessarily because yeah. you like I personally I will know I have a certain amount of articles due by a certain date and I won't worry about them until it's almost too late and that seems to be when I come up with the most creative stuff I've tried starting them earlier well I want to give an example of the way things work uh, at my at my day job yeah we get these projects we get these big deals because we do a lot of bespoke systems yeah um but when you say systems, well, like IT... It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Um, the point is we, we uh, get contracted to build something and deliver it. Um, and typically the project will be expected to take a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Uh, my current project is, is, is on that scale. That's um, a pretty big project. Yeah. Or no. Is that big? I don't know. Well, these are big, uh, and it's. Uh, I know the costing is seven figures minimum, sure. probably eight. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm just a small cog in this wheel, so I'm not trying to blow no, up. No, of course. No. <laughs> um, the thing is, there's an awful lot riding on this, and they schedule a huge amount of time. But we tend to have a number of projects going on with a number of different, different customers. So for the first year of the project, on our weekly little, this is our top this is our priorities list which is this wonderful idea they've had if I can sidetrack my own story here no 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 um, at previous places where I've worked you'll be given a list of tasks and there's always a, there's always a little priority scheduling system like this is an important one this is a less important one yeah but every single task is important when it arrives so every single task is important when it arrives so they all get given the top priority which means everything's got the same priority and the individual workers don't know what matters until yeah. they get into trouble for not having done this week's important one. So, the place where I work, they've, they've, they've dealt with this so cleverly, so simply, they send out a weekly email, just prioritizing the various projects. Number one, number two, and so on. Yeah. But where it goes wrong in practice is... Everybody looks at number one. Uh, even the people who aren't scheduled to number one... Um, they are still... They immediately know that theirs is not as vital. Well, because each person has, ends up being a specialist on whatever task they were, they've been given the Assigned most often. To, yeah. And so they become the company expert. So now other people who are on a certain, on the project that happens to be top priority need to use that part or that skill or that component or what have you. And they, because it's the most important, they've got a great deal that needs to be done. Yeah. And it'll be the most important because some de some deadline has arrived. Perhaps the customer is coming to see it. What's, what's a demonstration? Exactly. Or, or perhaps it's just... Uh, or, or they've got to give, they've or got to give a report or a... Yeah, or it's an arbitrary or deadline drawn up by the project manager. These milestones will have been reached by this day. And then everybody rushes... And so it means that all the specialists of the different parts who are not on that project still get brought in to help as assistants because that's another thing that they're very big on and this is a good policy I think I like it is the fact that you don't there's no silos we're not all packed away you're meant to work together as a team and, and help yeah, out and share, so share knowledge and skills and that mm. sort of thing and so the result of all this is that for that week where Project X was named to be number one priority the only work that happens in the entire company is number one priority. Is Project X. But I bet so, it gets done so much faster. Ah, well, here's the thing. This project that I've been on, since I'm fairly 
not junior, but new and inexperienced. Yeah. Um, in this yeah. particular field. Yeah. Um, I've only been put onto one single project. So for a year and a half, I've been trying to look busy. Yeah. With simply As not very does. much work. Yes. And th- the the few tasks that have been sent to me, I have not known how to do. I haven't known how to do it because I've never done this sort of stuff before. Yeah. And the accepted wisdom of the company is you ask around and find out who the expert is. And you just do it. And I go and I ask them. But they're busy on priority number one. So they're not available to help. And Ooh. so there you sit for a year and a half on this project. You're kidding. Where nothing's happening. Then all of a sudden, one of those arbitrary... Um, and I say arbitrary, not not to well, make no, light no. of it. Well, no, no. It'll be it's a project, project manager's deadline or something. Yeah, we go. I mean, that in the literal sense, that's this is a line that has been drawn on the... Fair enough. And this is... We need to have this much time. And it's just a, just an organizational thing. Um, we're at that stage. It needs to be done. And this project is now priority number one. Suddenly, everyone's involved. Half of the half of the company are all sitting crammed into that little development lab. They're all working on the system. And all of a sudden, I'm scratching my head with some issue. And I happen to mention out loud that I cannot figure this out. So I say something in frustration. Yeah. And three people overhear me and say, well, hold on. You're doing it wrong. Why are you doing it? Oh, of course. That's what's going on here. No one's ever told you. You don't do it like that. You do it like this. And then they step in and they help me. And then they can't get it to work. And then some fourth guy who was working on what appears to be an unrelated component says, you guys are forgetting about a change I made six months ago in this component. And suddenly there's all this knowledge all comes together and we make enormous amounts of progress in a few days. So what you're saying is something that's like kind of slated to take a year and a half to do will all suddenly be sped up. If it was the only project that we were working on, I reckon that entire thing could be developed in a month. But that's... This is the interesting thing. Now, maybe I'm speaking naively here. Maybe I... No, no, no. I mean, look, maybe there there might be whole components that you're not thinking of or whatever, but Mm. it's an interesting I know the last part of delays is that there's uh, equipment that we need, the sort of physical components. And those need to be... And they're bespoke and they need to be developed. There we go. And that's that's fair enough. I mean, some of the parts we, we've been uh, we've waited for literally a year for the factory to assemble, test, and deliver exactly. because they've got their own backlogs. But the actual our part of the job of which is development and that sort of thing. Yeah, when you see the pace that it proceeds once everybody is on board, involved in the same with room, that thing, pushing through it, it is mind-blowingly fast. And so I wonder why why are they running multiple projects at the same time why, why not, not simply just do say, one at a time exactly why are they taking people like me and putting us on one project why are they scheduling projects to overlap why not just say okay for the month of for the sake of argument is upcoming January we are working on project one yeah everything to do with that project well no these issues on the project, these design goals, these uh, features that need to be implemented, these concerns of the customer need to be addressed, those are priority one. The project itself doesn't have a priority. It's simply the only project that anybody is allowed to work on this month. You know, um, although this is, this is a bit off the point, um, and 
I think we need to get back to what we were talking about because but you've, no, you've actually got a point. highlighted this is maybe not so generally applicable. No, but no, no, there's no, a lesson here. No, you've highlighted a couple of things that can be applied to just general personal timekeeping. Hmm. And it's a question I have now. Don't multitask. Exactly. If now, I mean, it's easy to say the actual practice of it, not necessarily, but what mm. I'm trying to imply here is if you have to make a concentrated effort to do a single thing over a period of time until it's done, you'd mm. get it done. That's true. The fact is life doesn't work like that. I mean, um, I, there's that, there are those phases in the day that I call maintenance, and those are things that you just absolutely cannot get around. And the, the basics, I mean, with yourself like ablutions and hygiene you've got to shower in the mornings mm. you've got to have breakfast uh, we've got kids so we've got to bath them and give them dinner there's piranha hour at night and mm. obviously get them up in the mornings and get them dressed and get them to school those are things that um, take time and aren't there's no actual immediate reward from that it's not yeah. like when you sit down and do work for two hours and you've got that amount of work done Mm-hmm. Maintenance stuff is ongoing every day with not major reward. Mm. So the things that... And then, of course, you've got your day job, the things you do for work, mm-hmm. as in money. And those are important for timekeeping, obviously. Yeah. Um, those are important factors when you look at your timekeeping because... There are things that you do that are maintenance for your family, your children, yourself, all of that. Mm-hmm. Then you get things that you do for money, which is your salary. And unless you work for yourself, that is at the office or for a boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are those projects, those things that you want to do that go beyond either I, of those. I, I think I see where you're going with this, but it's not what I mean by multitasking. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about multitasking. Uh, oh. I'm talking about the overall view of the amount of things that you want to do in your life and the amount of things you don't get around to doing. Yeah. Um, for the most part, your salaried work uh-huh. should, it should take precedence. Uh-huh. If you've got kids or if you like hygiene, yeah. maintenance... <laughs> should also take a similar kind of level of precedence. Yeah. So what's left? Well, I mean, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm sort of trying to steer you back to the. Um, no, no, no. The we're going to get to the multitasking thing. Because I wanted um, to. Oh, well, okay. Carry on. What I'm trying to say is, there's this. There are these categories of like you were talking about in your job mm. importance, where you've got the priorities. Mm-hmm. You get this email weekly or whatever. This is the priority. Mm. And in a world where your paying job and your maintenance things are the fires that you're killing all the time, mm-hmm. the things that you want to do and the wish list things will never be number one priority. If you imagine kind of um, uh, metaphysically that your life had a little email like this that came every week on a Monday when you wake up. Yeah. And it says, your priorities for this week. It gives you number one. Number one is going to be like your car leaking oil or 
uh, one of your kids needs a vaccination or you've got a deadline for something due mm. Thursday that you've been putting off for two weeks or whatever, it's not going to be that um, guitar riff you wanted to teach yourself from YouTube mm-hmm. or that uh, fixing the shed and repainting it. Yeah. Or And maybe that is the reason that although we managed to function in life, we never managed to get the, the priorities on the bottom of the list to number one. Well, I was going to say, I think that maybe is part of the problem that most people have. Well, this is what I'm wondering. Is that we... There's... Uh, we need to think of the time we put into our pet projects as an investment, which means you bump that priority because, sure, because the time you you're spending now on, you on something fun is not the is not getting the bills paid and it's not getting the kids fed, but it's going to have a payoff in the future. Exactly. Assuming, of course, that there is going to be a payoff in the future. I mean, if you're... But what if it doesn't? I mean... Does that make it less valuable if it's for yourself and for your own mental health? And well, look, there has to be some payoff. The payoff yes. might not necessarily be you're going to get a recording deal or you're going to no, no, no. I mean, let's say learning to sew. Or something. But if the but if the payoff is um, personal satisfaction, exactly. If it makes you a happier and more relaxed person, um, that can pay off in just simply making you better at the rest of your life. Exactly. You know, it's it's giving you that outlet. It's giving you that, um, yeah. That, well, I've already used the word outlet, so I don't want to say yes. creative outlet. No, but no, that's exactly what I'm saying. And you know, the problem is, uh, with when it comes to the multitasking thing, mm-hmm. I've discovered in uh, now I'm not talking about a work uh, setup, as in hardcore work, mm. but at home, for example. I managed to work through I don't know how many episodes of Bones, which mm. was my favorite series until I I don't know I think they either stopped or I saw the last one I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, I used to put my laptop in the kitchen, and I watched an episode a day while making dinner. Ah, oh, but now this is uh, okay. Carry on. Uh, but uh, no, no, I have a point here, and. Um, it served two purposes. Mm-hmm. In the first place, before then, I had n- never gotten a chance to watch TV. I mean, you and I both know this, and we've moaned about this in the past, yeah. that we just never get around to watching our favorite episodes of anything. Mm. Um, so I had that little kind of outlet, which was very relaxing for me. But also, the episode lasts 40 minutes, I think. Okay, without the ads on my laptop, it was half an hour or something. Well, no, it would have been 40 minutes because the normal show is 60 minutes with ads. So it was about 40 minutes, Mm. which means I automatically started working my meal plans and cooking times (laughs) around the length of this episode. Right. And if it was a complicated meal, then two episodes. Mm. And I ended up having dinner done by 6 o'clock every evening week after week, day after day and it was this one little thing that just added a timeline hmm. and it didn't feel as tedious Yeah, because I had something distracting me while I was you know, um, peeling potatoes and chopping onions and waiting for the 
Yeah, I wanted to explain exactly why multitasking is a bad idea, but there is an exception to that. I was going to reference uh, a fair body of psychological research. Yeah. Um, and you've shown instances where, just from your own life, where, where, where multitasking is very effective. And the the initial experiments, and again, don't shoot me on this, I cannot cite anything um, because psychology is not my field. I read this soundbite yeah. version <laughs> and then I move on. <laughs> right? But the... The first sort of research I, I heard about and read about the um, was just very simply you've got your control group and your test group, and the control group you've given a list of tasks to do. Yeah. Perform task A, please. Perform task B, please. Perform task C. And they get evaluated. They get measured and monitored and tested on how well they've done these tasks. Yeah. Whereas the test group were given uh, the tasks to do all at the same time. Oh, all three. So I need you to do this and I need you to do that. And it would be things like, um, well, I forget, the, uh, I forget the specifics, but it might be something like uh, I need you to read this, uh, this document and I also need you to watch this video. Now, the control group would have been given them to do separately. Yeah. And after each one, they would have then been given a little comprehension Tasty. test. What was the third guy's motive for doing whatever it was that he did in the story. Yeah. You're right. <clears throat> and the multitaskers did worse. All right. So they, they did a certain... Mul- and the people multitasking, of course, did worse. Yeah. But what they found was, uh, in, in follow-up studies, uh, getting the people to self-evaluate. People who, who describe themselves as multitaskers. Yeah. Who do it a lot, who are good at it. What they found was that... Long, uh, the, the short version is... The more time people spend multitasking, the worse they become at everything. I would have thought they'd get better. They don't, though. They get worse at it. They actually become worse and worse at multitasking the more they, the, the more they do it. But you know what? I think you mentioned the study, and wasn't an added thing the fact that they also, well, some, while getting worse at all of the things they were doing, mm-hmm. they also began to believe that they were getting better at the things they were doing somehow or well, did am I thinking of another study um, I don't remember that like it, they m- weren't it might have been the same thing they weren't aware that they were not this sounds doing like well. this does sound like the Dunning-Kruger effect which was a separate um, little piece of work uh, I don't know if psychologists consider this to be a landmark study but um, well, people t- technical people like myself yeah. working under managers who are not technical. Um, <laughs> we, as far as we're concerned, this is the the, 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 the gold standard. Yeah, because it's one of those. Oh, we we could all have told you that. <laughs> but anyway, there was a follow up to the Mo- to the multitasking study, yeah. and the follow up work found that tasks that are entirely unrelated, as in tasks that use different uh, faculties of your and brain, different sizes, so, sorry, sides of the brain. Um, even Possibly. even more granular than that. So a memory task together with a physical task works well. So a little bit of light jogging while listening to a recording, like an audio book or something. Aha. Uh-huh. And this is why my cooking and bones episodes there we go. went down well. Basic sort of... I mean, I hate to call cooking a menial job because I enjoy it too no, much. No, it is menial. But it's, it's very basic stuff you're doing. As long as you... yeah, If, if you're doing a basic meal, something that you're used to doing... It really is just following a process that, that you already know well. It's autopilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
to then do something that requires concentration at the same time, not a problem. No harm done. In fact, um, I, don't, I was going to go and say that there's an improvement, but I can't honestly say that I recall that being the conclusion. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, but uh, there's, there's well, a benefit no, In speed and keeping up the quality of the meals, I think it was improved because... You got two things done in less time than it would have taken to do them separately. And, well, beyond that, because I didn't consider the Burns episodes getting something done, really. No, but it was a relaxation. It was, imp- yes. I found uh, that period while I had those episodes to watch. Mm. And I should actually just find a new series and start this up again. Mm. Um, and it was at the time when we were having load shedding. So the electricity would notoriously go off at six. Mm-hmm. So I also had this kind of impending deadline where I knew that if I didn't have dinner done by six, there was a possibility it would never get done. I think, I mean, I don't know that we've really reached a conclusion here because I wanted to get into more detail about this, which basically came down to the fact that um, I think in the end, good old-fashioned self-discipline, although important, might just be half of the thing. I suspect that by finding new and creative ways to do things, we will motivate ourselves and... Like, for example, the s- simple, simple things like um, listening to sort of relaxed music hmm. while writing. Or like you were saying, um, listening to a, a podcast or something while jogging, you know. Hmm. Or driving. Or driving, yeah. Hmm. Educational, not necessarily educational, but something that uplifts you Mm. in whatever way well I was thinking though when you said that it doesn't feel like we've reached anything I think we've made quite a few salient points here I think you mentioned the two minute rule which is um, and I have applied that it works well it's a great idea and it just boils down to don't put off the small stuff that only takes a few seconds because the more things you can tick off your to-do list the more things that are actually happening so small jobs just do them that's the thing it's it's basically stuff that there's no reason to to put off instead of pushing everything onto future you Mm. or berating past you present you just does it and just Mm. does it and just does it and basically pushes ahead yeah so so number one two minute uh, two minute rule Uh, number two was um, external pressure helps a lot it does uh, because well it's motivation it's something outside of your control and you need to get back under control yeah and you need to it's just good old fear of getting into trouble or not getting paid for having not delivered or what have you number three um, actually that, that's two things involving procrastination isn't it it is one don't procrastination procrastination is the <laughs> biggest enemy of any kind of productivity mm. I had a sorry uh, not to get back into the the meat of the thing, I think we've passed that. Um, I heard somebody talking, um, it was another podcast, I think it was a 10,000 hours one. One of the guests was saying that he has found the procrastination leading to that pressure to be his most productive, uh, given that productive time. Often so, that. so he creates artificial procrastination, as he calls it, which is, I think, a very pretentious way of putting it. Well, in other words, what he does is he gives himself unrealistically short deadlines so that he's uh-huh. always under pressure. That's clever. It is clever. I don't know why I had to come up with a whole procrastination is good angle because it's, uh. it's a totally <laughs> different thing. But anyway, so 
external pressure. Uh, what, what was a two-minute rule? Don't procrastinate unnecessarily. External pressure to get a job done. And then I think the other, I think um, the last point was along the lines of find creative ways to combine tasks. Yeah, um, and be aware of of the limitations of what can be done multitasking. Don't just try and do related jobs together, um, but unrelated jobs stack them up. I like that. I and of course, not everything. Yeah, I think so too. That's a good way to go. That was a that was a good one. I should also maybe pick up knitting so I can like watch kids while I knit. While you clothe your family. Yes. Ah. You know, um, yeah, sew. On the <laughs> sew. Oh, could you imagine what our four-year-old would do with a sewing machine? Okay, scratch that idea. But Horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so, well, I mean, that's that I think is, that's a conclusion. I think we've got something there. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I want to go back to this, though. I mean, oh. I, always, I always say that at the end of every one. Well, you know, like it's us to get this is only, I think, our, our fifth episode. And we've only scratched the surface here, I think. Hmm. So um yeah then let's let's leave it at that. Um if you enjoyed listening to this uh please uh leave a comment somewhere anywhere on our website at nalukia.net or if you find us on iTunes you can leave a comment there give us a star rating five stars would be lovely if you think <laughs> you deserve it um but anything will do. Um, and oh yeah and comments if you think that the multitasking thing is possible if you've got ideas about how a person could actually get crap done more easily yeah. I'm interested if you think we're talking absolute nonsense give us some better ideas because we really could use every bit of help we can we are I think you know I think I think our next episode is just going to have to be a breakdown of what we do what makes us so busy <laughs> and it'll just be for our friends who can't understand why we're never available <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. yeah, so otherwise, um, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at Naluk, oh, crikey, what is our Twitter handle? Nalukia Pod, I believe, underscore pod. Um, you can find the links on, on the, on the website again. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have to edit that out. I'm gonna leave it. Oh, okay. We're only human. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, above all else, I think the best thing you can do for us is just to tell a friend, share us uh, on your social media, let people know about us. If they don't listen to podcasts, introduce them to podcasts and start them, well, start them at something great. And then, and then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, uh, and definitely also uh, get them onto us and uh, more people who can tell us what they want to hear would be great. Uh, or anything that they think that's room for improvement you're aware of. Let us know. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.